Welcome to the Word Bible Study with Pastor Dan. Yeah, and I'm excited for everyone who decided to have a Bible study with me today. Dear Lord Jesus, touch our hearts and minds tonight, God. Go before these requests that we brought to you today, God. That you'll touch Candy's mom, that you'll be with my mom, you'll be with Judah's friend. And any other requests that we may have forgot this morning or that we didn't bring up, but that you would work in a mighty way in our lives today, God. Touch the sick, heal the sick, open the blind eyes, let your power flow in this world today, God. And help our faith be where it needs to be to see these things happen. We worship you, we praise you, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You guys can be seated. Alright. So, we're going to be talking about a good subject today, guys. Relentless faith. We, talk, we, we just did prayer requests, so we just talked about all the trouble that the devil's causing in this world, and uh, we I mentioned it a little bit ago that we, we had a podcast that we did yesterday, and the, the subject that we addressed was, why do bad things happen? So that's been on my heart, like this whole week, I've been thinking about why bad things happen, and how good God is. So how do we handle these situations in our life? And then today, I was preparing for this message before. I had already prepared this last week, but I pulled it back out, and I was hit with, this is the answer to our problems, guys. We talked last, well, the week before, we talked about preparing for the enemy when we did our Home Alone Month night. And I, I, I read several scriptures that talked about the devil coming after us. And it was amazing that every time the answer in the Bible was, keep your faith strong. Jesus said, Satan wants to devour you. And he was like, but I prayed for you that your faith would stay strong. So it really got me thinking, and that's when I started preparing this Bible study, about how faith, it's our shield of faith. It's the thing that protects us from all of the attack that we go through in this world. So how important is faith. But I wanted to talk about a different type of faith. Faith, you guys realize like what is or what is faith? And everybody, someone give me an answer. Man, what is faith? Substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. We all know that. We all know that that's what faith is. Faith is believing in something we haven't seen yet, we don't have yet. What does the word faith for mean? Full of faith. You're right. But what, what is it? What is it like? Yes. A little bit. But if I say you're faithful to come to church every week, what does that mean? Yes. You're consistent. You're always on point. So faith is a weird word. Because in one aspect, it means something else. But then when you add the word full to it, it changes almost the whole meaning of the word. If I hear the word faithful, I know it's consistent and it's being strong. But I want to get to the point where I'm full of faith. I want to be faithful. I want to be consistent in believing in the things that have not happened yet. I want to be consistently faithful in knowing that God's always going to come and that requires us to have relentless faith. Next slide. 
you were sitting out chilling like you didn't have a job to do. <laughs> you got to work too, bro. <laughs> so let's look at Luke 18, verses 1 through 8. The parable of the persistent widow. One day, Jesus told his disciples a story to show them how they should pray and never give up. So here's Jesus like, look, guys. And, and we have that. Why, you know, my wife's mom was like, you know, I, I believe, I have faith. Why am I still going through this? Jesus wanted us to understand this concept because there are going to be times in your life that you're going to have to keep going through something. So we need to know how to pray and never give up. There was a judge in a certain city, and he said, not Andy said. He said. <laughs> it was a judge in a certain city, he said, and neither, who neither feared God nor cared about people. But a widow of that city came to him repeatedly, saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. So this guy didn't care about God. He didn't care about people. He didn't like anybody. All he did was rule his kingdom, care about his life, not worry about anybody else. But this widow kept coming to him. She didn't just come to him one time. I mean, she did. Because in order to come to him multiple times, you had to originally came to him once. But she didn't just stop with that one visit. But she kept coming. This was a persistence. This was her being faithful. Even though she hadn't received this justice yet, she wasn't going to give up on what she needed. The judge ignored her for a while. But finally, he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. How many of us have been drove crazy by a woman? Oh, I'm sorry. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> just kidding. Guys drive women just as crazy. <laughs> I'm just joking. But how many of you are happy that God's not like this judge? This judge was a bad dude. He's ignoring her. He doesn't care. He called, you know, she's driving me crazy. These women. Oh my God. That's a bad way to be. We're supposed to be loving. Like, thank God that our king isn't like this king. Our king doesn't get annoyed by us keep coming to him. He doesn't get worn out by us asking to be forgiven constantly. As a matter of fact, he wants us to stay faithful. He wants us to keep coming to him with problems. Mm, that's good. If we get into a habit of going to him all the time, maybe we won't have to have a problem in our life to go to him. But this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she's wearing me out with her constant request. Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't thank God. Next slide, please. <laughs> Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Don't you thank God will give justice to his chosen people who ask one time. But those who cry out to him day 
and night. Not to the people who just show up on Christmas and Easter. Not to the people who only talk to God every now and then. But to the people who cry out to him day and night. Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on earth who have faith? So Jesus is pointing this out to us. He's showing us. Faith isn't just believing in what you get and getting it. Faith is believing and never stopping. Faith is consistency. Faith is ongoing. I can't just have faith for a minute. You know, I had a friend who called me up. I told you guys yesterday, it was like, hit me with that. God's so good, my bad things happen. And he was like, I've given my life to God. I'm like, dude, you haven't, you went to church one time, a long time ago. He was like, I've read my Bible. He's like, you read your Bible? No, well, I'm like, bro, like, I want God to do good things in our life. But you're not being faithful. You're not having faith. And yes, you had faith for a minute, but we are called to be faithful. We are called to continue to believe, no matter what life throws at us, that we can always stand strong and know that God is still God. God is still on the throne. The world's full of sin. People are going to die, but we're all going to go be with him one day. And that's where we got to keep our mindset. We need to be earthly, heavenly minded. I was getting ready to say that saying, don't be so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. That's like the worst statement on earth. Like, Jesus was always heavenly minded. And that statement says that he would have been no good. And I've seen him be very earthly good. So we don't, I don't like to worry about being too heavenly minded that I'm no earthly good. We need to be more heavenly minded. We need to be heavenly minded. Even in bad situations. If my wife was taken from me, I know in my heart she's with God. My mind has to stay heavenly minded that God, I know I'm hurting down here on earth. I know I've got to live down here, but I'm not going to be earthly minded. I'm going to stay heavenly minded because I know where my future lies. I know where we're going to end up. And that's where coming, being faithful is all about. Being full of faith is all about. That's what relentless faith is all about. Let's look at the word relentless. Relentless. In case you couldn't pronounce it. Means oppressively consistent, insistent, harsh, or unflexible. Like, persistent, continuing, constant, continual, continuous. That's what relentless means. It should be something that we continue to press for. That's the type of faith I want to have in my life. That's harsh and unflexible. So when the world throws a storm my way, I'm standing on the rock still, and I'm not going to be moved. I'm not going to be inconsistent. I'm not going to come to church one week and then not go next week because, well, I went the week before. But I want to find myself being consistent in the house of God because then I can be faithful. Not just a little bit of faith in me. Not well, there was a time when I believed. Not one, but full of faith that's going to keep me strong and keep me believing where I need to be. Let's go to the next slide, Genesis 32. We're going to look at this situation in Jacob's life. 
Jacob, he was a wild guy. But he was he was who our God's chosen people were named after. When God changed his name, he became Israel. He became who all of God's promise was wrapped up in that one name. But he had some trouble in life. He, he had situations in his life that, that didn't make sense to him. He stole from his brother. He stole his brother's birthright. And his brother hated him. wanted to kill him. And I don't know about you guys, but I love my brothers, man. I don't want my brothers out to like me. I hate for my brothers to really think I'm a terrible person. This is what he went through. He had to leave his family and go to a foreign place. He had, he, and then when he got there, things didn't go good for him. He got there and he worked for a wife and got her sister. <laughs> and then he had to work for another seven years to get the bride that he wanted to begin with. And then because of that, he, he got stuck in this battle of his wife's fighting. That's why, I mean, monogamy, right, guys? Yeah, yeah, let's, let's keep it that way. That's why. It, it, he had to constantly have this turmoil. All, and it wasn't because of decisions that he made. I mean, maybe he was still in the birthright. That was his fault. But uh, his, his father-in-law and all the tricks that he played on, that wasn't necessarily his fault. But here he is stuck in the middle of this battle. So finally he leaves. He leaves his father-in-law. And he's going back to his homeland. And he remembers that he's got a brother there who's waiting to kill him. But he wants, he wants to go home. He wants to go back to his place. So here's where we pick him up. He's, he's about to go meet his brother. Who's, I don't know. Anybody got a bigger brother? How many of us have bigger brothers? You don't have a bigger brother. Put your arm down. <laughs> you got a bigger brother. I watched him take that phone from you earlier. Sometimes going to meet a bigger brother ain't a fun thing. I've got a bigger brother, and I am a bigger brother. So I got to see both sides of that fence. And I used to get beat on, and then I'd go beat on my younger brother, make it even. <laughs> but, but sometimes going to face a brother who wants to kill you isn't an easy thing. And that's exactly where he found himself here today. And he's, so let's get into it. So this left Jacob alone in the camp. So he prepared everything to go meet his brother. He sent them ahead of him. And now he's standing here alone in the camp. And a man came and wrestled with him until dawn began to break. Anybody know who that man is? Who was the man that came and wrestled with him? Simeon knows. I know Simeon knows. Preacher in training right there. He's got the answer. Who was the man? Oh, you're right. It was God. It was God himself. And who is God wrapped in flesh? Jesus. Yeah, Jesus. But when the man saw that he would not win the match. Wait a minute, did I skip something? Oh, Russell, welcome to the break of dawn. And when the man saw that he would not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of socket. Then the man said, let me go, for dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. What is your name, the man asked. And he replied, Jacob. Your name will no longer be Jacob, the man told him. From now on, you will be called Israel, because you have fought with God and with men and have war. Now, Jacob's in this situation where God shows up. He's in the camp alone. 
and God shows up and he gets in a wrestling match with him. <laughs> Jacob's my kind of man right there. I'm telling you, when I go to heaven, I'm going to have some wrestling matches with Jesus. I hope he doesn't hit me that hard, but <laughs> we're going to have a wrestling match or two. That's how we bond. Me and my boys wrestle. That's how we bond. And that's, but in, in a wrestling match, it's about endurance, and it's about strength, and it's about not giving up. And this is where this is. Now imagine Jesus saying, I'm not going to win this fight at dawn's break. This guy's not going to let me go. He's got all the power in the world, but Jesus, and, and it's like it's like wrestling with your kids. You know, my kids are little than me. Now they're getting too big. Now when we wrestle one-on-one. We used to just wrestle. I'd wrestle both of them. Until it got to a point where I was on the ground and both of them were on top of me and I was going, Candy, come hit these boys! <laughs> because they got too much for me. Now, I was, I was still stronger. Like, I'm strong. I could probably fight two grown men. Be all right. But I couldn't use my full strength on my kids. So if I used my full strength on them, I would hurt them. So we would get to a point where I had to get some help because I can't use the strength that I got and they're not going to let me go. And that's the same situation we find here. Jesus could have blew his arm off, but Jesus touched his hip and wrenched his hip out of socket and he still isn't going to let go of God. Even in all that pain, even in all that misery, even when everything's not going right, and both of our moms are dealing with issues with their legs, but we're not going to give up. But we're going to hold on. But we're going to stay strong. We're going to keep believing because we've got Jesus in our camp. I've got Jesus hanging out here and I'm not going to let go until dawn comes. So you better do something big here or this is going to be a struggle all night long. And finally God says, you know what? I'm not just going to do a little thing in your life. I'm going to change everything about you. Your name represents who you are. Jacob's name represented everything about his character. It's not like today where you just name somebody Stardust because you think it sounds cool. <laughs> this was back in the day where when you name somebody, it mattered. It mattered to me. When I, when I got ready to name my kid, I, I, I prayed about it. I changed it on me. I thought I had to figure it out. He was like, no, we're going to do this. But... I wanted to know what their names meant for their lives. I made sure that they had, it wasn't, a, it wasn't an accident that my son, who almost died in the womb, was born with the name Victorious. There was no reason behind God putting that name in my heart, because that's who he is. And this is who Jacob was. And God finally was like, you know what? You're not going to be who you used to be anymore. I'm going to make you something completely different. And I'm going to make it so powerful that my chosen people will be called by your name because that's what I'm going to make out of your life. And this is everything came from this point where he would not let go of Jesus. Because you have fought with God and with men and won. Please tell me your name, Jacob said. This is the next verse of 29. Why do you want to know my name? The man replied. And then he blessed Jacob there. Jacob named that place Penel, which means face of God. 
For he said, I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been spared. So yeah, it was Jesus. It was God. Simeon, you were right. It was God who showed up at his camp. And it was important that he hold on to him for everything he had until he got the blessing that he needed to get. That is relentless faith. That's the kind of faith the Bible talks about. Let's look at Hebrews 11, 32 through 40. This is Hebrews 11. What is, you guys know Hebrews 11? What is Hebrews 11? We quoted it already once today. Yes. Just read it to me. I'll give you the mic if you're going to do that. No, we already quoted Hebrews when we quoted faith is the substance of things hoped for, not yet seen. Hebrews 11 is our faith chapter. This is where it tells us all about our faith. I skipped all over the end of it because today we're not just talking about faith like, ooh, Jesus. We're talking about relentless faith today. We're talking about a little bit harder than just believing and that start of faith. But we're talking about the faith when the world's throwing you a storm. But Hebrews 11 covers all of this. It talks about Noah and it talks about Samson and it talks about God closing the mouths of lions. It talks about these great things. But then it gets to this part where it starts talking about real life. He says, okay, but now, just like we get asked sometimes, but what about when everything doesn't go good? What about when I've been believing for a long time and it's still not going good, God? What kind of faith do I need then? Because I can't just have that, I'll go work it out, faith. I gotta have something else. I gotta have this relentless faith where I grab a hold of Jesus and I don't leave until he changes everything about me. Verse 32. How much more do I need to say? It would take too long to recount the stories of faith of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and all the prophets. It would take too long. He agrees with me. That's why I skipped that first part. <laughs> By faith, these men overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames of fire, and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their wickedness was turned to strength. Wait, no, not their wickedness. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Women received their loved ones back from the dead. Now, now this is good faith. This is the faith that I want. This is the faith I normally preach about. I told my wife on the way here, I was like, this is the first time I'm preaching this type of a message. My messages are always good, God, God, great, taste God, do these things. But what about this faith? Because that faith is great. When it's closing the mouths of lions, you're watching the sick get healed, you're watching people rise up out of spot, and you're like, hallelujah, that's great faith. I love to preach about that. I don't like preaching about it. you're still sick, just keep believing. That's a different type of faith. That's this relentless faith. That God, I don't have another choice. I've got to hold on to you and you've got to fix this because I can't fix it myself. But others were tortured, refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. Refusing 
Yeah, I'm, I'm being tortured, God. I'm stuck on this earth. I'm going through this. I don't know why I'm going through this, God. But I want this kind of faith that refuses to turn away from you in order to be set free. They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. Heavenly minded. Heavenly minded. They said, you know what, God, I'm not going to get, I may, I may not ever receive it on this side. But my faith is in you. I tell my son that. I'm like, you know what, God can heal your arm tomorrow. But if he don't, when you get to heaven, you're going to have both arms, baby. Everything's going to be okay when we get there. And he loves it. He's like, yeah, Dad, you're right. He understands it. He's got it. Because we're going to stay heavenly minded. I'm not going to let him get stuck in this earth's mud. But we're going to rise up out of this and we're going to lift our eyes to the hills where our help comes from. Because if he doesn't answer it in this world, he's going to answer it in the next world. God was all about preparing for the next world. It says in our Bible, he's going to fold this world up like a napkin and he's going to throw it away. You ever, you ever think sometimes, like, couldn't God have just, like, opened up the heavens and stuck a vacuum in and just sucked all the sin out and been like, there you go, it's good again. I mean, he's God, right? He could have did that. But at some point, he was like, you know what? It's done. It's too much. I'm not, I'm not going to try and fix it. I'm going to make a new one. I'm just going to fold this up, and I'm going to throw it away, and I'm going to make a new one. But I got a plan. I'm going to save everyone who calls on me in this world. And we're going to go to a new place. And I know that it's good. people are going to suffer for a little bit. People are going to die. People are going to have this problem. But to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So every time somebody passes away, I'm going to put my arm around them. In that moment, I'm going to make everything better. The Bible says it's going to wipe our tears away. Everything's going to be better. So he looks at it from that point. I would still be down here if my wife left me being like, but God, I can't see my wife today. I can't spend time with her. I'd still feel that pain. But God knows we're going to have an eternity together. We're going to have his kingdom without sin, without death, without despair, without all the problems that we're going through in this life. So we need to have relentless faith. We need to hold on to that faith in the middle of what we're going through. Some went about wearing skins of sheep and goats, desolate and depressed and mistreated. Some were jeered at, and their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in prison. Some died by stoning. Some were sawed in half. Others were killed by the sword. Now, who's gone through that? You keep reading. I'm not even asking him anymore. We we never gone through that. Like, I'm dealing with some stuff, like, yeah, my feet hurt a little bit, you know. <laughs> like, I might need some new clothes, or I need something, but I'm not being sawed in half. I'm not being chained. I'm not going through all this stuff. But if somebody did it, then I can do it. If another human being did it, you can do it. If they were chained and cut in half and all that, and they were too good for this world, Wandering over deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and in holes in the ground. All these people earned a good reputation because of their faith. They didn't waver. They didn't lose it. They didn't just curse God and die in the end of it. But they were like Job when they said, you know what? I don't care if he slays me. I'm still going to serve him. 
No matter what my life throws at me, I'm looking forward to the next life. So this life might be bad, but it's not going to shake my faith because I'm going to hold on to that relentless faith, remember the promises that God's given me, and I'm going to wait until the Lord brings us to pass. Yet none of them received all that God had promised. They didn't get it. They didn't get the answer. For God has something better in mind for us so that they would not reach perfection without us. We're all headed towards perfection. We're all going to get there together. And we're all going to suffer until we do. But we're all looking forward to that day when we reach perfection together. I'm going to get ready to close. You singers want to come. And if you want to fire up that. We'll get into that later. You should interrupt that for that. But before we go, I want to talk about one more person who has a faith. You got something to add, though? Unfortunately, he, he, he's happy. And he, he ended the conversation very abruptly. So I, I, at the end of it, I had to put my phone down. And I was thinking of a thousand things that I wanted to, uh, I wanted to say to him. But uh, I realized in that moment, he didn't need to hear from me. He needed to have an encounter with Jesus. And that, that's, that's where I left it. And I ended up just praying and saying, God, touch his life. Don't make it about me. I don't want to, let him forget about mine and yours conversation. Let him forget about my whole conversation. Because when you move in his life, I want him to know it was you. I don't want him to think, wow, Dan Tackett is right. Who cares about Dan Tackett? Jesus Christ is right. The Bible is right. He, and, I, and I did tell him that. I said, bro, you got to dig into your Bible, man. Like, I, I told him, I've said this same thing to several people, and I've always watched it work. Nobody gets in touch with God and their life gets worse. He's a way maker. He's a miracle worker. He's a promise keeper. But he didn't. He's right. He's right. He didn't promise us that everything was going to be okay in life. He didn't promise us that as soon as you believe in him, you're living in heaven right away. He didn't promise that. He said there's going to be trials. There's going to be tribulations. He taught his disciples that you pray without ceasing. In the middle of the storm. In the middle of life. Luke 23 tells us a cool story. You don't have to put that up. You can let this go. That's fine. There were also two criminals. You guys just have to believe me. That I'm reading it from the Bible right now. Luke 23, 32-34. There were two criminals led with him to be put to death. And they had come to the place called Calvary where they crucified him and the criminals. One on his right, the other on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. So here's two people. They lived in the same city. 
How could you not know about Jesus? How could you be alive at that point in your life and not hear about the guy who's curing leprosy and opening blind eyes and doing all these great miracles? They knew about Jesus. They heard about Jesus. But they didn't have faith to come to him. They didn't go talk to Jesus. They didn't go see him do these miracles. They didn't see any of this because we hear they're criminals. They didn't change their life. They didn't start believing and, and let it affect. They, didn't, they weren't like Jacob. They were criminals. They were doing what they were doing and they didn't care. And they heard about God. And yeah, that's cool and all, but it doesn't affect me. In 38 it says, A sign was fastened above him with these words, This is the king of the Jews. And one of the criminals hanging, hanging beside him Scoff. So you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself. And while you're at it, why don't you save us too? So he's hanging there on the cross, and that, that's, that's all he can. Hey, you know what? Oh, so you're the Messiah? And that's where we find ourselves. We're all, we all, we're like these two criminals here. We're going to we'll choose one path or the other. Both of us end up where we are because of our actions. But prove it by saving yourself. But the other criminal persisted. Don't you fear God even when you've been sentenced to die? We deserve to die like criminals, but this man hasn't done anything wrong. Then he said, Jesus, now, again, this criminal, he didn't have the faith to, to God change my life and fix that. He didn't have that kind of faith when he was living. He never did all that. But now he finds himself hanging on the cross and he's finally reaching out for that relentless faith that says, God, I don't know how you're going to make a way. I don't know how you're going to do this. I know you don't have to, but I know you can. So in that one second, all he says to him is, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. God, I don't, I'm not going to ask you to get me off this cross like that other guy. I'm not going to make light of who you are. You're God. That's true. All I'm going to ask is that you remember when you come into your kingdom. He held on to that relentless faith that God, I know I'm dying on a cross right now and I'm going through all this trouble, God, and you're not going to be able to fix this problem that I'm in right now. But remember when you come into your kingdom. It's like in that moment that guy got heavenly minded. He's hanging up there dying. He ain't worried about this life anymore. I'm not worried about what's going on in this world. I'm worried about what's going to happen. I'm worried about the heavenly places. I'm worried about the afterlife. And I know that that's going to require me having some relentless faith. It's going to require me holding on to Jesus. And Jesus replied, I assure you, Today you will be with me in paradise. You're never going to reach out to God and Him let you go down. He may not answer your prayers the way you want Him answered. He may, you know, God could have. I could have just jumped down off that cross. He could have pulled Him off with Him. Hey, you know what? You got it. You didn't think I was the real Messiah? Let me show you. I'm the real Messiah. Come on, let's get down. He could have done that. 
But God said no, they violated too. And God knew it. He knew. Yeah, we're dying on this cross today. But it, the minute your heart stops beating, you're going to be with me in paradise. You're going to be with me in paradise. We may be going through the struggle right now. But one day soon, we're going to be with him in paradise. You guys want to stand up with me? I'm done. The girls, you can come help bail them out. <laughs> it's all right. We'll restart. We'll restart. But I want to spend a couple of minutes in God's presence. The Bible tells us that faith comes by the word of the Lord. Faith cometh by the word of God, by hearing the word of God. Today we've heard the word of God. But let's exercise this a little bit. Let's get in his presence. Who's the word? In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. So where does faith come from? Faith comes from holding on to Jesus. Faith comes from the word. So today, we might not be hanging on a cross. You may, you may not be. But we've all got stuff going on in our life. And we all know people who got things going on in their life. So let's take the next five or ten minutes. I think, I think I'm hoping. I hope I'm hoping again. Did I? Yeah, well. Let's take the next five minutes. And let's get our hands on Jesus. And let's not let go until he changes everything about you. Let's have some relentless faith. Not just that, hey, happy on Sunday faith. Not, hey, everything is great in my life. Look at my faith. But that faith that says, you know what? The only way I'm getting off this cross is through death. Do I still believe? Yes, Lord. Give us this type of faith today, God. Let it multiply in our lives, God. That we become more like you, God. Jesus, name.